just an English translation of Jesus or Yeshua, which is a variation of Joshua. So if anybody ever gets into that nonsense with you, yes, you find them in the wild. You don't just find them on the internet. I've come across these people in person, in person. They'll make a big deal about it. Paul has already told you exactly what to do with them. Walk away. Have nothing to do with foolish divisions such as that. Because that's exactly what Paul would call it. Foolish divisions. They're just a different translation of the exact same name. Similarly, my grandmother, she was born in Finland. So when she was in Finland, her name was Maya. When she moved to the United States, on all of her records, her name is Mary. So who is she, Mary or Maya? They're both the same name, just different languages. Jesus is the English birth name, means the English variation of his name. And so we return to the question, what does the name of Jesus mean? Matthew's Gospel gives us a hint. So if you were here, the, last, the Sunday before Christmas, you actually heard the text where it said that his name would be Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. Now that tells you what his purpose is, but is telling the angel saying that this is why he's called Jesus is because Jesus literally means Yahweh. That is the divine name of God. Yah, so remember the burning bush. When, Moses, when God appeared to Moses, Moses asked, Who shall I say sent me? What is your name? And God said, I am who I am. In Hebrew, that is Yahweh. That is the name of God. And so, Jesus literally means Yahweh saved. What it literally means. So next question. Saves from what? He saves from sin. He saves from death. He saves from the devil. And I realize when I get into the sin part, it's going to be a little re review for anybody who was at church last night. But if you want to look at your sin, try to figure out, okay, where do I stand? This is why you have to remember you memorize those ten commandments. You go through confirmation, or if you don't memorize it, just have your catechism, pull them out, look at it, read it, reflect upon it. Yes, your catechism, you are not done with it when you get confirmed. It always has value. Actually, if you are open, if you are confirmed, you actually should be graduated to the large catechism and reading that. But it's actually
the mighty, powerful name of God as useless. But it also applies to prayer. Again, we read to you a little bit from last night. How often do you pray? What does your prayer life look like? Do you pray before you go to sleep? Or do you go right to sleep? Now, granted, sir, last night some were trying to keep up and watch the balls drop. And if you're like me some years, you wake up on this station. All right, back to sleep. But quite often, even still, we just go to sleep. Never bother to pray. Or how about when you eat a meal? And I mean just when you eat at home. I mean, what about when you're eating at school? at work, over break, eating at a restaurant. Maybe you go up to Southern Hills Mall and you have to eat in the food court. You pray before that meal? Really, most meals you should really be thankful for because they usually cost more than the meal you eat at home. You should be thankful that you have the money to pay for that. What a reason to give thanks and pray blessings from God. But quite often we don't. Or somebody tells you, I'm sick, or I'm struggling with this or that thing. And you tell them, I am going to be praying for you. And you never pray for them. How often people throw out the word, thoughts and prayers with you, and yet never. Third commandment says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And the crux of that is attending worship. And note, attending in person. Again, this is repeating from last night. But attending worship in person. Online, if you're sick, maybe you're traveling, you want to keep up with what's going on, it's actually a good thing. And it's actually one of the reasons we keep it online is in case anybody wants to look at the church. See what our church is like before they come. So, but, generally, you should be worshiping in person, together, because you are brothers and sisters in Christ. You are a family. Christmas, celebrating Christmas over Zoom is not the same as celebrating Christmas with your family in your house together. 
brother's seat price. So me and my brother fought a lot. That is what families sometimes do. But it doesn't mean that there is no value or worth. You still Christ has put on Christ. This is 
Christ have died with Christ. So in other words, baptism saves, Peter says. Yes, the water and the word, the promise of God. Baptism now saves you, forgives you, renews you, clothes you with Christ. So when you stand before God on that judgment day, if you stand, he's going to look at you. He's not going to see your sinful nature. He is only going to see his son. Verse 28 says, therefore, there is, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And before him, he says, ah, see, there's no such thing as men and women. The Bible says so right there. That's not what Paul's talking about. Paul is talking about your status before the Heavenly Father. Not talking about your relationship with one another. Yes, there is such thing as male and female still. But, in terms of your relationship to God, whether you're male or female, slave or free, those who are baptized in Christ, those who are given the gift of faith, are you are Christ. Heirs according to the promise. The Old Testament reading. When you heard me reading that, did you almost feel like the service was ending? When I said, the Lord bless you? Man, church got short. Boy, the church is short. You were saying, oh, the service is about to over. But, no, that is where that benediction comes from. Comes from Numbers chapter 6. That little sentences. And by the way, every time you see Lord in capital letters in the Old Testament, or you see God in all capital letters, that is where the divine name of God belongs. That's where Yahweh is to be. So you read it as Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, or Yahweh blessed you and keep you. Yahweh made his face to shine upon you and be gracious. Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You know, a lot of times people want to, sometimes when service is going on, you have something going on afterwards, and so you get out of church a little bit early. Here's my little recommendation. Don't leave before the benediction. If you're going to leave early, leave before the hymn. You can even miss the announcements. I will not be perfect. Hopefully, that's like today, I'll be sorry for the benediction. But, but the benediction is gospel. It is the last wonderful bit of gospel you get every time that you are hearing. No, one of the things that old pastors have to get, need, sometimes they get the habit of losing it. Is we used to we always say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May, at one time, meant for the soft command. It was a, it was a nice, comforting command, but it meant it was going to happen. Modern day, may, when you say, may the Lord bless you and keep you, it sounds like, well, I hope he blesses you, but some of you, I don't know if he's going to like you much. That's the way it comes off. No, we just say, the Lord, we don't add may. It is a declaration that Yahweh has blessed you and keeps you. That's it's at the very end of the service. You have heard the word. You have received the Lord's Supper. You have received absolution. He has blessed you and keep you. And this is telling you that that blessing, that forgiveness, that grace, that mercy is going to carry you 
Peace and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Keep you once you fail. The life everlasting.